I'm Thomas Gideon, and this is the audio diary of a peculiar character. In it, I share thoughts about food, drink, beer, travel, music, and life in general in five-minute segments. You can read more at the companion site of A Peculiar Character at peculiarcharacter.com. It's easy to forget that here in Maryland, the state of craft brewing is not as good as it could be. I know I was pretty optimistic and positive last time I shared an entry talking about a new brewery coming in. I hope for the future, too, that that would lead to uh, an increased density in the downtown areas around where I live in suburban Maryland. Since then, I've learned about a Maryland state bill, HB 1283. This is a bit of legislator that the best anybody can guess was put forward to encourage Diageo, that's the company that owns Guinness, to open a planned brewery, a destination, a tourist destination brewery in Baltimore. No matter how you may feel about Guinness as a beer or Diageo as part of the uh, macro brew end of the scale of uh, commercial brewing, this undoubtedly is a good thing for Baltimore. It would bring in uh, additional tourist revenue. It represents, I'm sure, a certain amount of increase in local jobs and opportunities. On the face of it, that's maybe not a bad motivation for overhauling legislation around beer in this state. The problem is, is that even the proponent, supposedly, this is his story now, uh, it wasn't paying quite so much attention to the particulars of the bill. What it would do is increase the barrel limit, which was, I think, the main concern that Diageo had in terms of how much beer they could produce to make it worthwhile to capitalize and stand up even a destination brewery. At the same time, the bill reduced operating hours and put in what many in the Maryland craft beer scene feel are unnecessary constraints around contract brewing. The reduced operating hours part of the bill is specifically for tap and tasting rooms. That, along with the strictures on contract brewing, could potentially cut off a lot of necessary cash flow and uh, supplement that especially new smaller craft breweries need to help starting out. If you think about it, uh, if you buy a packaged beer, a bottle or a can of beer, Heck, even if you get a keg as a retailer from a brewery, there's uh, an increased cost in that packaging, both in labor and materials, to get that beer to you as a consumer, as opposed to if you just go into a tap or tasting room right there at the brewery, and they effectively are pouring that straight off the bright tanks. It's a much bigger margin, and as I said, especially for a growing brewery, represents uh, a really valuable asset in terms of ready cash flow. Unsurprisingly, the Brewers Association of Maryland, that's a trade association that represents predominantly craft brewers in the state, and many of the established higher profile craft breweries uh, immediately leapt to action to push back on this bill to get it revised so that it did not make it unnecessarily burdensome. It really came to a point this past week when there was a quote from Liz Murphy, a writer in Baltimore, writes for a couple of local uh, circulars up there, uh, where she was talking to a brewer who remains unnamed, saying that because of the way this bill was crafted and was going to pass through the state Senate, they would have to shift their plans of over a year to open their brewery in a different state, that they just didn't see Maryland anymore as a viable option for them. Late this last week, news started coming out that revisions finally were going through on the bill. The Brewers Association of Maryland has come out endorsing the revised version that 
re-increases uh, operating hours for tap and tasting rooms. Also, it uh, loosens the strictures on contract brewing. They, I think, rightly called this out as not necessarily a win per se, but rather sort of a, a holding steady or an incremental improvement. The statement that they put out said that they're still going to be working as they have up to this point to overhaul the state's arcane laws governing craft beer to make ideally the state much more of a destination. Now, admittedly, uh, uh, proponents for the original formulation of the bill, I, I think they have a, a, a slight point in that tap and tasting rooms were sold to the state house originally as sort of a marketing thing, not really as a revenue generator. But I think we have to be realistic at this point about where we're at as a state. Uh, what these breweries represent to us, and how important increasingly they are to the local economy. They are job creators absolutely as they grow. They do bring out bring in a, a substantial amount of state revenue that I think the uh, legislators have to be very careful monkeying with that they may be uh, causing unintended consequences. They may be doing more harm to the state uh, for whatever reason it is that they feel that they don't want to support the growth of uh, an industry that elsewhere in D.C. and Virginia in particular uh, really has been supported well and has shown to be a really great rising tide. I would like to thank the Internet Archive for media hosting and bandwidth. The views expressed on this program are my own and where applicable those of my guests and in no way reflect those of my employer or anyone else. This show is produced from 100% recycled bits. Except where noted, permission to recycle those further is granted under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States License. That means you're free to change this show as much as you like as long as you don't alter credits and you share your changes under the same license. Theme music is Slow Burn by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0.